So I want to combine the two things, riding on a bike, which I love, but making this a pilgrimage because integral to the whole thing are the times of prayer that we'll have and the churches which host us. Across the world today, millions of Christians are persecuted. They face oppression, imprisonment, displacement and even death simply because of their faith in Jesus Christ. These courageous believers are our brothers and sisters. We're in this together with them and we need to hear their voice. Join host Laura as we discover their stories today on Release International's Voice podcast. At Release International, we are always inspired by the creative thinking and passionate commitment of our supporters. So often people will come forward with great ideas about how to raise awareness and prayer and funds to support our persecuted brothers and sisters. And it is our privilege to be able to support those initiatives wherever we can. On today's podcast, I'm speaking to Release International supporter, Reverend Robert DeBerry. This summer, Robert is leading an exciting project called The Bike Pilgrimage. You can find out all about this project at releaseinternational.org forward slash bike pilgrims. But listen in now as we talk about what inspired this idea, exactly what it entails, and importantly, how you too can get involved. Welcome, Robert, to The Voice podcast. Thank you. It's, it's good to be here. It is great to have you with us. So, Robert, you are a retired Church of England vicar and you're leading a very ambitious project this summer, which will raise awareness and prayer and funds for persecuted Christians. And we'll go on to talk about the project in detail in a bit. But first of all, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and how you were first drawn to be concerned for persecuted Christians? I've been a vicar in inner city parishes, my first one in Sheffield and then two in London. And the joy of that has been the very multiracial elements in those churches. So I learned a lot. I also um, have spent quite a lot of time visiting Uganda and other African countries. Um, I suppose my first um, real connections with... um, uh, with the persecuted church came through working for a time with Barnabas Fund. And I remember particularly some significant visits to particularly northern Nigeria and other countries in Africa, as well as to Syria. But that was in a time before Syria had its awful uh, present crisis, which has gone on for so long. So the project that you are leading is called A Bike Pilgrimage and you're going to be riding all the way from North Foreland Point Lighthouse in Kent to Land's End in Cornwall and then back again in a big circle. So how many miles is that? (laughs) It's very difficult to say because we'll be zigzagging and looking for the best routes in terms of lack of traffic. But um, I'm guessing about 900, but I've got other people working on the routing for us all. So it's a pilgrimage because I've done lots of sponsored events in my life and I've always made a rule to do one every five years. So the last one was in 2017. But for me, it's become very important to call them pilgrimages because so many people are doing sponsored events and the concentration so often is actually on the particular cause or the charity, which is fine, 
but there is not the prayer, even if the cause being raised for is Christian. Whereas the people we're actually raising money for, the thing that they can do and do do and impresses us so much is that they do pray. So I want to combine the two things, riding on a bike, which I love, and so many other Christians seem to love these days, but making this a pilgrimage because integral to the whole thing are the times of prayer that we'll have and the churches which host us. How's that going to look in terms of how people can join in? Can they join in for just a leg of the journey? Can they just attend the talks at the churches? How will that look? We've got some uh, cyclists who are riding with us for a day. Uh, four of us are doing the whole thing there and back. Others are coming for up to a week or for whatever they can manage. So we're still open to people coming as sponsored cyclists. We do hope that people will join us on those local legs. Uh, in terms of the prayer times, both Release and CSW are going to send speakers. And one of the big events within our pilgrimage is a day conference in Truro, uh, when Paul Robinson, the CEO of Release, of course, and Mervyn Thomas from CSW and Baroness Cox are coming to a conference in Truro, which will be hosted by Philip Mount Stephen and organized by Dr. Russell Blacker, who himself is very, very well informed about all that's happening to persecuted Christians. So that's on June the 6th, and we'd love to get people in the West Country joining with us on that Monday. We'll also have DVDs and videos and information, and each meeting will basically be a time of worship, of information, and of times of prayer in groups. That's great. I think you've painted a really great picture there. And I hope a lot of our listeners really want to get involved. And however that may look for them, whether it's joining a, a leg of the, the trip or if it's doing the whole thing or if it's just coming along to hear about those stories from persecuted Christians, I think it's going to be a really valuable time. You mentioned there about something that you did in 2017. So, yeah, five years ago now, you did something equally, if not more, adventurous. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Well, I, maybe it was more adventurous, but it certainly uh, was not quite um, the same level of hard work that is entailed in getting this one going. Um, it was from Cape Roth in the northwest of Scotland. And instead of doing the normal sort of uh, John O'Groats to Land's End, I wanted to do the other diagonal which is basically Cape Roth. And in our case, it was down to Sussex. So we went through the Hope Valley in Derbyshire and we ended up at a place called Peacehaven. So we had a strap line, Roth, Hope, Peace. I haven't really got a strap line for the present uh, venture, uh, except that somebody has suggested that we should just use the phrase, the phrase of, um, that Moses used to Pharaoh, let my people go. And is there one particular story of persecution or a particular area of the world right now that really stirs you and that is motivating you to do this? Well, I think um, when I was left university, I did a gap year uh, on a farming project in Nigeria. So I've always had an interest in Nigerians and I've always had many Nigerians in the churches that I've been ministering to. And well, I visited Nigeria in 2011 to see churches that had been destroyed 
by local militants, Boko Haram and others. And it was, it was a dreadfully impressive occasion. Impressive because the Christians were deeply committed to Christ and deeply prayerful. I remember visiting an old doctor and he had bought a house some years earlier, which at the time of purchase was uh, in a very rural area. But Kano, like cities everywhere, had expanded. And so he was now surrounded mainly by a Muslim population. And although he was ministering to these people and providing, uh, providing medicines, uh, his house was viciously attacked, the whole building. And yet here was this lovely, by that time, old man praying for those who'd raided and destroyed his house and had so frightened and scared his family. Goodness, yeah, it's it's really humbling to hear that. And I think, you know, tragically, we're still hearing these kind of stories coming out of places in the world like northern Nigeria. Um, and I think it's really coming through there how visiting these places has really impressed on you for passion for the persecuted church. And you're still doing stuff to help them today, which is amazing. Um, so something like this, you mentioned earlier, it takes a huge amount of work to organise and a huge amount of enthusiasm to get people motivated to join in. So how have you found that process so far and what progress have you been making? <laughs> well, I have to say it because I think in this project there will be a lot of fun as well as, of course, intentions about the seriousness of our purpose. But it's been a great joy to visit uh, the churches. There are about 45 churches now that are going to host us. Uh, that is uh, myself and the other cyclists with me. And what is also exciting is to see how the Spirit of God is leading many churches at this moment. So whether it's food banks, whether it's evangelism, whereas outreach, whether it's concern for missions, local and overseas, uh, I've been very encouraged by the churches I've visited and also by the welcome that they're going to extend to our cyclists and the backup car drivers. All very important aspects. Um, and have you, having done something like this before, Robert, you'll be well aware that there are often some obstacles that can get in the way of this kind of venture. So what do you think the biggest challenge will be as you look forward to the summer and how can we pray for you in that? <laughs> well, nothing could be worse than the time that we had last time in 2017 when we rode across the Pennines from Manchester to Sheffield. It was the worst day of my cycling life. Uh, I have to admit that um, this time my family having some doubt as to whether I would complete the present project, have bought me an e-bike. So you better not say that too loudly to the other cyclists. But in my case, I've got an e-bike. But the hills in Devon and Cornwall, they're not, they don't go so high, of course, as anything in Scotland, but they, they are very challenging and they are very long and uh, quite tedious, really, to get up. So there'll be lots of challenges, weather, um, I hope that we won't face any challenges of uh, danger or and then that, of course, is always something to pray about because, well, a group of cyclists are very vulnerable on the road. But um, no, it's going to be a great time. Weather, yes, lots of challenges. 
Uh, there may be some last-minute blips. People say they can't host us or something like that, but I'm praying that won't happen. Yeah, we will definitely be praying for all those practicalities, but also just that it will be a really blessed time as you visit all those churches. So thank you so much, Robert, for talking to us today. I know that the rest of our team at Release International is really enjoying working with you on this project. I just have two more questions before we finish. Um, So at the end of this project, what is it you want to have achieved? And most importantly, how can our listeners get involved? Well, this project is being done not only for release, but also for Christian solidarity worldwide. And I regard the two these two Christian charities as complementary. CSW is concentrating particularly on alerting politicians and those in power about what so many Christians are facing. So their work is very much connected with lobbying at the UN where they have official status, uh, getting into the European Union and getting into our own parliament. And their work is very much of research. And our release, of course, is into advocacy as well, but in particular is able to get aid out to people. So, for instance, a pastor is in prison. That's the sort of thing that's happening in China, North Korea, all sorts of countries, Iran. And release comes in with support for the family, or it might be support for trauma counselling. It might be direct aid, food in times of crisis because of these deprivations that so many of our Christian brothers and sisters are suffering from. So I'm hoping that, uh, I'm really hoping that we will be alerting more Christians and we do need to highlight this and get the profile up. More Christians will be aware of what is happening and we're all so often very parochial. We think of our own concerns, and I find that particularly in the village in which I live. Lovely people, good people, but often very circumscribed by local events and local issues. And so I'm hoping that we'll really raise the profile for prayer, for attention politically. We are hoping that we will raise uh, a a lot of money for CSW and release, as well as, of course, the attention and the prayer. Absolutely. We hope so too. That would be great. Thank you again so much for speaking to us today. Thank you. Robert's endeavour this summer is so inspiring and we are really thankful to all the cyclists, host churches, the volunteers and Christian leaders who have caught the vision and are committed to being involved. Maybe you're a keen cyclist and could join in for some or all of the route. Maybe cycling isn't your thing, but you are passionate about praying for our persecuted Christian family. If that's the case, maybe you could attend one or more of the prayer events along the route. Or maybe you could sponsor Robert and help him raise the funds to support persecuted believers. Full details of all the events, a map of the route, and information about how you can join as a cyclist or help in other ways are on our website at releaseinternational.org forward slash bike pilgrims. Thank you so much for listening to The Voice podcast. Please do subscribe for your favourite podcast app so you can stay connected to the voice of persecuted Christians. 
We'd love to hear your feedback too, so please do share your comments with us. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn and YouTube. And if you don't already receive our free quarterly magazine or prayer alert emails, then you can subscribe now on our website at releaseinternational.org forward slash podcast. Remember those who are in prison as if you were in there together with them, and those who are mistreated as if you yourselves were suffering. Do not abandon them, 